0: We are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. So good to worship together, Amen. This morning, um, I'm going to continue in the second installment of a sermon I preached last week um, that I hope you listened to. If you were not here on the podcast, um, if you were with us, uh, I preached the message entitled "Balcony Versus the Battlefield," and um, it's a passage of Scripture that. Just reading it, it would be like, why are you reading this piece of scripture in church? <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting story. It's a scandalous story. It's a story that um, I believe has a lot for us to learn from. And um, last week, I talked about this story, and the story is of King David, who was once a shepherd boy that took down a giant and then became king, right? This man, uh, he was not a superhero, he was not some, some superpower. He was a human being. He was a man. And we as people here on earth can, can put our lives up to people in Scripture because they were the same as us. They were the same. Sometimes I think we look at Scripture and think, I will never be able to amount to these people in this Bible because look how awesome they are. They made the book. Guess what? You are as awesome. And you can achieve. I'm This is not in my notes. You can achieve such great things that they achieved as they were walking on earth. Because guess what? The same spirit that was in them is now alive in us. The spirit of Jesus Christ that raised him from the dead is alive in you. And so guess what? You can do something extraordinary. Supernaturally ordained things by God's power. You guys can do this when you walk with Jesus Christ. This is not just for the pastors to do. This isn't just for the worship leaders to do. This is for us as the church today to do more than ever before in 2019. And so King David was a human being, and as a human, as a man, a man after God's own heart, he was first a man. And he sinned, and he fell, because that's what happens sometimes. I said it at prayer meeting, do we want to sin? No. The closer you get to Jesus' heart, the more grace and wisdom and, and discernment and love you experience. You don't want to separate yourself from the love of God. But David fell, and it's an example for us to watch. And he fell to, to his fleshly desires of lust, and he, he was on a balcony and he was supposed to be in a battlefield with his men. But he stayed back and he saw a woman from his balcony, and in that moment, I believe that, that Jesus Christ, by his spirit, could have, could have just, if David called upon the name of Jesus, like, Jesus, uh, God, the Father, like, like, I'm here on this balcony, and I see temptation in front of me. Help me. But he didn't. And he fell. And I preached last week about how we need to say, God, reveal the balconies in our life. Your balcony may not be lust like David's. I'm not just talking about that. It could be pride, selfish ambition, anger. You you, you, you put the, the, the thing in there that you know. So God, reveal the stuff in me. I said, you don't pray that prayer often because it's a hard prayer. Right? That's not an easy prayer to pray. But then I said, not only do we pray that, but we pray, God, then release me from the balconies. Amen. God is so good, he wants to release you from the things that are holding you back, from walking in the abundant life of Jesus Christ. And then I said, hey, not only does he reveal and release, but then he restores you. And I believe that he restored David back to his rightful place as king. And I said, guys, I want us to pray, God, restore my lives back to the battlefield where we belong. Guys, we are in a fight for our lives. We are in a fight for our souls, better yet. Guys, Satan is going to do everything he can. If we believe in God the Father in this church, we believe in Satan, the evil one, the the, the prince of lies. We believe that he is the greatest liar out there. And he is going to do everything he can to lie to you you every single day. Better yet, let me say it this way, he's going to lie to you every single minute, every single second that he can. Why? He wants to catch you. And so we can say, God, restore my life back to the battlefield. I want to fight this thing, and I want to be in your presence. I want to be on the front lines of what you're doing. This church, we are not a church to be safe, called to be safe. I believe this church is called to be at the front lines of seeing the city of Chicago changed. I, if I haven't said that in a while, let me say it now. We are called to see the city of Chicago changed by the grace of Jesus Christ. Not by Pastor JP, not by any cool music, not by these fancy lights that we put up. Nothing by that, but just by the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen? So God restores. And so this second installment is, is not, the, it's not the main truth of this passage, but it's a principle that I see here. You guys with me? It's a principle that I think is so profoundly impactful that we need to study. I need to say something though, because in this church we believe we prayed on Wednesday night for heaven to come to earth and and, and I want to be obedient and I want to I want to hear God's voice more than I hear myself. And it's hard sometimes as a pastor to preach messages while you're trying to sense is God speaking to me right now to say something, or is this is this just something my flesh wants to say, or is this just just you know really bad tacos from the night before? Like I don't know what is happening. But this one has been in my heart, and I just need to say this, and, and, and I apologize, but I, if I didn't, I would be wrong. And um, Brennan, the mantle of heaven just fell on your life today. I believe that. We are proud of you. I believe God's hand is on your life like never before. He's got a call for you that you can't even comprehend today. Stay humble. Stay true to his word. That man just preached a message during offering. We could have shut the church down and all just went home. Go after him. He's going to use you to change this city, to change so many lives because of your story, of who you are, how humble you are, and the love that you have for him. So keep going after him. Amen. 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 I'm grateful for God and the leaders he's rising up in this church. I just had to say that publicly. We believe in you. So the second installment is entitled, Balcony Versus the Battlefield, and I subtitled it, Isolation Invites Infliction. Isolation invites infliction. And I want to read this passage of Scripture, and I want to talk about this in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 4. Like I said, the Bible's got some crazy stories in them. This is one of them. The Bible's awesome. It's fun to read. It's super fun. You're like, yo, I need to read, like, some book to just entertain me. Yeah, it's called the Bible. It will entertain you. It is powerful. It is crazy. And so it says this In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. Stop sending people to fight your battles. Stop sending people to fight your battles. Okay? They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, catch that. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Scripture continues to share the story that she became pregnant, and David then tried to resolve sin, and I said it last week, and I really think I need to say it again, that only Jesus Christ can heal sin. You try to cover up your sin. You try to manipulate to fix your sin. The only person that is a sin healer is Jesus Christ. You can't. You will fail. So David not only does this, and he makes another grave mistake. He invites the dad, the, the husband back home. He calls him off the battlefront, and he says, hey, go spend a night with your wife. And Uriah says, no way. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay and watch guard for you, king, because he was committed to his calling. I said, David chose comfort over calling. This man chose calling over comfort. I'm preaching this morning. And so he says, no, I'm going to stay put. And David's like, no, you got to go. Nope, doesn't work out. Finds out he's pregnant. And what does David do? He has this man sent out to the front lines. This man is then killed. Talk about a story. Scandal. A scandal. That can be in the Bible. Yeah, it's in the Bible. But God's grace is so good. God's grace is so good. If you read the Bible, continue to go home and read the Bible. And especially read this story. And so that's how this story is playing out. And this is what has happened in King David's life he isolated himself. Have you ever been alone? Every hand should go up. This is interact. If you're not, you're awesome. Have you ever been alone? Yeah. How many of you like being alone? Cool. That's awesome. I'm with you. I don't. I hate it. I hate being alone. I am a, uh, what would they would say, a people person. (laughs) I'm in the business of people, but I'm also a people guy. <laughs> I, 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 I get my energy, you know how some people are like, I get my energy when I just go and sit alone in a quiet, padded room, right? Me, no, not so much. I get my energy when I'm around people. I like get charged up, I'm excited. I don't, do definitely hate when I have to be alone, when my wife, it's not very often, when she has to leave town or go and travel somewhere. I am an absolute mess. I'm a mess. Like, all the, the, the good decisions about how to eat properly go out the window. I'm like, oh, the wife's gone? Taco Bell. Giordano's Pizza, small. We having people over? No, just me. Like, like all the decisions in life when I'm alone and I'm isolated, I, the, the right decisions go out the window. The, the bad decisions, the things that, like, I shouldn't do come in. I don't like being alone. I feel lost. I feel like I'm just like losing my mind. I, I don't know what to do without you, babe. I love you. Oh. This is church. If you can't talk about a marriage, yo, godly marriages are the most amazing thing in the world. You're looking for a relationship, you want to get married, find a godly fearing person to marry them. Because godly marriages are blessed marriages. They're amazing. So I, I don't like being alone from her. I just make some really stupid decisions. I stay up way too late. I, I just, I'm a mess. You know, this is the same way when we isolate ourselves from the things of God. And in a sense, I mean, I, you know, isolating yourselves from the things of God, you're not hopefully gonna just choose bad food. But like when you isolate yourselves from God's presence and from his spirit and you say, I got it under control, I I, I can be alone in my life. I can choose to be alone. You are causing a stream of infliction to follow. We as people, as followers of Jesus Christ, no matter if you know Jesus in this place or you just come because someone invited you to lunch but told you you have to come here first, like like, no one in this room is called to do life by themselves. We were never called to walk alone. Like, like, that's the church, and that's why the church is, is called to be a church of community, but, but Jesus Christ invites us into the greatest thing, which is his kingdom. And when we're invited and we receive his kingdom, we are now part of an amazing family. And we're never called to just walk this thing out alone, but we choose to be alone more than we choose to walk. And when we choose to be alone, we're opening up our hearts to infliction. We're opening up our lives to pain. We're opening up our lives to sorrow. You know, infliction is causing pain to you or someone else, right? You guys all know what this means. I'm not talking about the T-shirts everybody wears. Anyways. It's pain. What does Satan want to do to you? He wants to cause pain. He wants to get you alone. Why? Because when he can get you alone and depressed and fearful and anxiety-ridden, guess what he can do? Cause you pain. This is just the truth. I don't, there's hope for us, Jesus Christ, but this is how Satan works. We've got to understand how he works because if he can get you alone and isolated and away from the, the church, hello. Oh, I'm just not going to that church anymore. They didn't help me. They didn't talk to me the right way. They didn't understand me. Guess what? Get to church, even if it's not this church. Just get to a church because when you start to separate yourself from the things of God, Satan's like, ah, window of opportunity. I got it. I can come in and I can cause all sorts of pain. If Satan can get you isolated, he can get you to become inflicted with pain, injected with thoughts that will deeply hurt you. Inspiration goes out the window when you're isolated. Inspiration for your life and the vision when you're isolated goes out the window. And inclusion of Jesus becomes less and less because you feel so far away from everything and everyone. When you get isolated, you're opening up yourselves to emotions and feelings. I said it last week, emotions and feelings that are not meant for the life of a believer. We got a bunch of Christians walking around today, myself included, that are emotionally charged with the wrong emotions. Guys, we gave up the right to be hurt when we received Jesus Christ. You gave it up. Well, I don't want to give up that right. Guess what? You received Jesus, you gave up the right. You gave up the right to say, my emotions are just going to lead me. No, Jesus Christ leads you. Your emotions don't lead you. But when you choose your emotions, you're choosing isolation. Get, see how this is making sense? Like, like, isolation then will come and it will try to kill you. You gave up the right. And, and le- listen, we all go through seasons of times and moments where we have to be alone. Okay. Don't get this twisted. Don't be like, yo, I can never be alone or else I'm gonna get isolated, I'm gonna it. There are seasons in life and moments in life where you just need to go and you need to sit with God. I remember before Rachel and I started dating, I had a moment. I had moments where I had to go sit in my apartment all alone by myself for months. I, she'll tell you, we, we, everyone was like, are you guys dating? Are you guys dating? I was like, no, we're not, I just need to be alone. Is this right? I needed to be alone. My family was like, yo, are you dating her? And I was like, stop asking me questions. Get off my back. They're like, well, if she doesn't marry you, she's going to marry someone in the family. I'm like, well, we'll see how God works and see who's praying more. Bad joke. Really bad joke. There's moments and seasons in life where you you just have to sit. You have to breathe. You have to receive from Jesus. You have to be in his presence. That's a good place to be. There was months upon months. There's days when when I can't be around people because I know i got to just get the Father's heart for my life. I can't be around everybody to, to run to and tell them my problems or get counsel. I need to seek counsel first from the one that is the counselor, right? So there, there's there's moments, I'm not talking about I'm talking about moments that are self-induced where you're hurt. Forget God. He didn't heal my dad. He didn't heal my mom. I don't choose him anymore because if I don't have goodness follow me every single moment, I'm not gonna choose him. And we say we're isolated. We're backing up, I got it figured out, I got it better. See, David was king, he was all throughout his life, I'm getting to some points here in a moment, you guys are like, when is points happening? All throughout his life, he was king and he was a shepherd and then he became the, the, the giant killer and he was king and he was walking out the purposes of God. And in this moment, in this moment, I truly believe, right here in this moment, this was, I, I've read scripture. If someone has an answer that that I'm about to say to, to something different and you see scripture, please come, I'm, I'm, I'm actually inviting you to come and talk to me about this. But like this moment is the only moment in David's life where I see that he is isolated, he is alone. Every moment in David's life, minus him being a shepherd boy, But guess what? That was an incubation time, not an isolation time. When he was a shepherd, he was being incubated. He was being prepared. Okay, see, remember I said there's moments where you got to get prepared? Is this making sense? You all are standing at me like, okay. This moment right here, this moment was when David chose isolation. When Even when he was going after King Saul, his men were with him. He had people with him all the time. He had people, his men surrounding him, his men that say, hey, don't do this, or hey, we're with you on this. He was never by himself. Guys, can I can I tell you just a personal thing real fast? Thank you. Thank you. This is interactive. Pastor Jordan and Pastor Andrew know this. Our board knows this. Our elders know this. I don't travel by myself. Let it be known publicly. Am I right? I don't want to travel anywhere. If she can't come with me, someone's coming with me. Why? Because I ain't above this. Hello? I ain't above this stuff. I'm just like you so I got to say hey I don't want to be alone I I need to have the right people around me that's why I always say show me your friends and I'm showing you where you're going show me your friends and I'm going to show you where you're going to go in the next five years of life I got to make sure that I have godly people godly counsel surrounding me King David fell in this moment because he chose isolation he said go guys I'm going to stay isolation is a trap from the enemy and here's how it happens. Three things, and we're gonna pray for some people. I hope this encourages you. Guys, this is a, an impactful message. If you may not, you're like, well, I'm, I got people all around me. There's gonna come a season where you're gonna try to get, Satan's gonna try to isolate you. So that's why you take notes. How many of you are taking notes? Thank you. Five of us. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Great. Take notes. That's how you get into heaven. First thing, <laughs> someone said take it back. I take it back. First thing, how you avoid isolation, this is what I see here. Isolation begins when stewardship stops. Okay, isolation begins when stewardship stops. David became isolated when he stopped doing what God had called him to do. Stewardship stays the course. Being a steward of God's purposes prevents you from swaying away. I'm just going to read this for a moment. David was called to be a king and to be a warrior. He stopped that in this moment, in this decision. He stopped being a steward of what he was called to do, and he became isolated. It says this in verse 1, because you're like, you're talking a bunch. Where's the Bible? Here we go. Verse 1. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, okay, David is a king. So where does David belong? War. So at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab, out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army, they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabah. But David, scripture says it's not up there, but David remained in Jerusalem. David gave up the thing that God had called him to steward, and isolation came. Guys, this is powerful. David, in a moment, and see how quick this happens? I believe it was probably just like one moment David's like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm worn out. It's been a lot. I've been fighting a lot of battles. I've been running around like a madman. I'm gonna stay back. See, guys, this is why you need the wisdom and discernment of God every day, every moment, because I believe in one moment, David's like, I just choose to chill. His stewardship of what he was called to steward, cultivate, take care of, hold, he gave it up. He said, you guys go. I'm the king. I'm gonna stay back. When at that time, kings were called to go to war. When you stop walking in the calling of your life, you begin to enter into a life of isolation. When you stop walking, this is why I said last week, you gotta know what the plans of God are for your life. You gotta know calling, he'll tell you. He'll tell you very clearly, yeah, it might not be in that moment right then and there when you pray that first prayer, but guess what? You keep going back to him, you keep going back to him, you keep going back to him, he'll reveal the plans for your life, he is not a God that's like, figure it out yourself, he wants to walk with you, he wants to talk with you, he wants to show you, this is helping somebody this morning, okay? So so isolation begins, let me, me, New Testament. Disciples, Jesus, does all this stuff with them. He dies, raises to life, he comes back. Where are the disciples now? You would think after the commission and what he called them to do, they were out there changing the world. Where did they go? Back to being fishermen. Is this in the Bible? Pops, right? He goes, they go back to being fishermen. Why? Because they were scared. They stopped stewarding what God, the Father, Jesus Christ, had placed in their hands. Jesus said, Go and make disciples. Go and cast out demons in my name. Go and heal people. Go and bring salvations to home. And they said, oh no, it gets hard. Oh, where's that fishing boat? Oh, there it is. Woo! Isolated. Well, they're working, JP. They were isolated. Where should they have been? In the streets proclaiming the name of Jesus. They stopped stewarding what Jesus had called them to steward. When you know the plans for your life, you steward them well. And then you avoid, is this isolation? You know what else we're called to steward? This gift. This gift of salvation. It's the first thing you need to steward. You know, let me say it this way. I love you all, but don't worry about your calling. Worry about your heart. Worry about your soul first. Colossians, we just went through it two, six or seven. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in faith, as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Stay rooted for your heart's sake in the things of God. Steward the gift of salvation, guys. This is a gift. If someone gave me a gift like a car, I just it just came to mind. It, it could be anything. like if someone gave me a pair of shoes. I like shoes. Let's start there, okay. I'm not going to take those shoes, and the first thing I'm going to do is going to put them on. I'm going to run out into the to the muddy, muddy parking lot, and just and say to the guys, "Hey, thanks for the shoes. Love them." They'd be like, "Um, what? That was a gift. You, 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 that's how you treat gifts, right?" I think sometimes we we say, "Well, Jesus, thanks for a new heart." what I'm doing, but that's like what I think in my head. You're like, we don't even know either. I think we just prance around with it. We stomp on it. We say, thanks for the gift of salvation when it's convenient. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to steward the gift of salvation today. Every day is a gift from God. Because guess what? When I steward the gift of salvation, what Jesus has done in my life, guys, this is why worshiping Jesus is so important. This is why proclaiming the praises of God is so important. Because it gets you off of you. And it puts your eyes on him. If this is the only time you're proclaiming Jesus' name, you're gonna be in trouble. We gotta steward this thing. So guess what? God has placed something inside of each and every one of you that's beautiful, it's amazing, it's so awesome, and it's not in me, it's in you, so steward the things that God has placed inside of you. Well, I'm not called to be a preacher. Great! You're going to reach more people in the business world than I will ever reach. So steward the gift of being the best business man or woman out there. Be the best teacher, the best nurse, the best barista out there. Steward. Is this helping somebody? I'm losing my mind. Steward the gift. So isolation is avoided. Second thing, got to hurry. Always happens. Isolation comes at the darkest hour. Satan will try to isolate you at the darkest hour. How do I see this? Where do I get this from? It says in scripture, it says something profoundly impactful. It says that in the evening, David woke up. Uh, Evening? What's the evening like? Dark. That's where I got it from, okay? Great teacher. The darkest hour of your life, Satan will try to whisper, hey. They don't care about you. They don't love you. They're not for you. Hey, that Jesus, he's abandoned you. He doesn't love you. Look at all the junk he did. You think he's going to ever love somebody that made that much mistakes, that much junk? It comes at the darkest hour. Satan will try to grab you when it's the darkest point of your life. In the evening time, it says that David woke up and fell. He sinned. Guys, you got to be aware of dark hours in your life. I know this is not, like, super encouraging, but That was a good place to, like, let's hit the button. you got to be aware of the darkest hour in your life. Let it be, God, in my life. Holy Spirit, give me the awareness of when it's dark when temptation's right outside my doorstep. And I know, God, the moment I open up that door and I start walking, temptation's gonna come and it's gonna hit me. God, help me to be aware at the darkest hour so that I don't become isolated and fall to infliction. Is this helping us this morning? Guys, you may be at the darkest hour of your life, but the grace of God is so good this morning that he wants to call you. He actually wants to pull you out of that darkest place and he wants to put you into marvelous light. This is how good our God is. He doesn't leave you forsaken, but he finds you you. He doesn't just leave you listening to lies, but he speaks life over you. The darkest hour. Guess what, Satan? I'm not going to choose isolation. I'm not going to choose isolation when it's dark, and when it's heavy, and when it's hard. I'm going to choose you. That's why you need the church. That's why you need prayer. That's why you need an O group. I know some of you in this room have been coming to church for a long time, and you're not plugged into an O group, and you keep falling. Because why? You're trying to do it by yourself. You know what it is? Pride. You know the seven things in Scripture and Proverb that Jesus, that God the Father says he hates? You know what one of them is? Pride. Okay. Another sermon. Isolation, then, the third thing is this, breeds inner turmoil. Hmm. Isolation breeds inner turmoil. I believe David stood on that balcony, and he looked out on that balcony, and I think he was enraged with inner turmoil. I just hear, I just could envision the battle of, like, to do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. Does anybody else relate to this? I relate to this all the time. I'm in situations, and I want to. Let's just bring it home a little. A moment where I'm in a confrontational moment. Hmm. And, I, and I want to hear the voice and act upon the voice that says, snap. You do that, pastor? Come on, guys. I'm human. It's like, snap. And then I hear the inner turmoil voice of, JP, kindness leads people to repentance. No, I don't like that one. Snap, yes. Okay, snap. JP, peace. Bring peace. We're we're called to be peacemakers. I think David sat in this moment, and in isolation, you get overwhelmed with inner turmoil. Guys, in isolation, you fall to sin. Sin is ugly. Sin is nasty. People that keep falling and falling and falling to sin, and they're trying to get themselves up. They're trying to put the makeup on their face. They're trying to look good, but your soul is messed up and you're in inner turmoil. Has anybody? This is what isolation does. It tries to attack you. It tries to tell you, yo, hold on to that offense, because you're so right. You're so right. Guess what? You gave up the right to be right. Okay, moving on. Here we go. Last thing. Is this encouraging, all? I got four points today, and we're going to finish right on time. The fourth thing is this. This is the hope. This is the grace. Balcony versus the battlefield. Isolation stops when you include. People today, more than ever, they're trying to do so many things to help fill the void of their feelings and their emotions. So many different ways. New friends because the old friends don't get me anymore. They just don't get me anymore. Like, Like when you start to separate yourself from the church because those friends over there are calling you. And you're like, yeah, these people here at the church because they're telling me not to do it, they don't get me. Oh, it happens all the time. One of the greatest traps of the enemy that I see all the time is when people come to church, their lives get radically transformed and saved, and then they start doing the things of God, but then they let allow a little moment come in, and they're like, oh, oh, that tastes good. Sorry, guys, this is the truth. Okay? And they're like, oh, that that tastes good. And those people are like, come over here. It's awesome over here. Yes, what it is. It's called misery. Misery loves company. Okay? So they tried to fill and include that. They try staying at the job 24-7 because that job is the only place that they can talk to people. So they'll include 24-7 of work. They'll overwhelm their lives with work. They'll just do work, 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 work. Work hard. Work super hard. Be a good steward. But your job is not everything. They they, they download apps because they want to be included. People today more than ever are downloading more apps to meet people. And I'm not talking friendships.com. Yo, someone told me another app the other day, and I was like, what? There are more apps today for people to get messed up and hurt than ever before. And guess what? If they're on your phones today, delete them. You want the presence of God? It ain't going to be fine on Tinder. I don't even know if Tinder's one of them anymore. I have no idea. You try to include so many other things and include it instead of including the presence of God. This is how it all finishes. You know where I'm going with this. I'm not that great of a preacher. You all know, guys, isolation stops the moment you include. Fast forward in the story of King David. I'm going to read this. He has to go before the prophet Nathan, and he he has to tell them what he did. And Nathan rebukes him hard. He says, yo, you really missed the mark here. And David, in verse 12 of chapter 12, For you did it, Nathan is speaking, did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. Nathan is proclaiming what God is saying to him because of the consequences of his actions. You with me? David said to Nathan, this is so crucial. At this point, David includes the Spirit of God. Repentance. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Simple. But so deeply profound in truth. I've sinned against the Lord. I've isolated myself. I, I've sinned. I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nathan responds, You will not die. The Lord has put your sins away. See, when we stop choosing isolation and we start choosing Jesus, He puts our sins away. He casts them out. He lets them go. He takes shame and guilt and sorrow and pain. He says, it's done. But guess what? If you choose today to walk out of isolation into the invitation of Jesus Christ, Brennan, can you come take this? I'm done. Into the invitation of Jesus Christ, you can no longer live a life of isolation, but you can live a life of victory and of power and of strength in Jesus' name. Who wants to live a life of victory and of power and of strength in Jesus' name? I want it for you. Better yet, Jesus wants it for you. He wants you to stop choosing isolation today, and he wants you to start walking in the invitation of heaven. So come on, church. Can we stand to our feet? I'm going to pray over every single one of us. If you are battling a spirit of isolation, if you have struggled with this, step out of your seats right now. Step out of your seats. Come to the front. We're going to pray over people that have isolated themselves for far too long. I don't know if there's one of you or two of you or whoever, but come on. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. Come on. Come on, our prayer team. Come on. Pray for them. Can I just pray over us this morning? Heavenly Father we invite you into our lives. Spirit of God, we invite you into our workplace, in our space. We invite you into our hearts. Holy Spirit, overwhelm us with your grace. Overwhelm us with your truth. May we not be isolated any longer, God, but we step into your goodness. Come on, church. Let's just worship him this morning.